Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, all right. Good morning, One Life Church. It is so good to have you join us today. Are you glad to be at church today? If you are, come on, throw your hands together. Let me know you're glad to be here. Hey, we are in a series we're calling From This Day Forward. But before we jump into the series, I want to do something we do every week, and that's I want us to throw our hands together and show some love for our online church family. Come on, let them know how much you love them. We love you. However you're joining us today, we want to say, man, we are so glad that you're along for the ride. You are our family. We love you, and we're sending you air high fives today via technology. All right, you guys. Hey, we love a lot of things around here, but one thing that we are so passionate about, and I just want to remind you, and we talk about it all the time because it's not something we do. It is who we are, and that is small groups. Come on, somebody say small groups. Small groups. What are small groups? They'll be on the screen here. Throw it on the screen so they can see it, my friend. Small groups. It is an opportunity for you to connect with other people in a very small group. How about that? You like that? We're, re we're really deep here, okay? Uh, we honestly believe that life change happens in life-giving relationships. And this is honestly, it's not something we do. This is truly who we are. We want to try to create some opportunities for you throughout the week and throughout the season to meet your new best friend. And so uh, small groups kicked off about two weeks ago. It is not too late to join a group. There are 21 opportunities. You can go to our website, olc.church forward slash groups, or you can click on the picture that looks like it says small groups, and they'll give you all the information you need about small groups. So don't do life alone. We're better together. Join a small group, everybody. All right, as we jump into this series, I want to remind you, we are a message note-taking church. That means we like to take notes. So go to olc.church while you're there. Swipe down, hit the button that says message notes, message notes. Why, why are notes so important? Well, in science proves that we actually retain more, we learn more when we actually follow along and take notes and fill in the blank. But more than that, I don't want to just inspire you on a Sunday. Like, I mean, that, that's great. I'm glad you're here, but I want to give you some tools that you'll need throughout Monday through Saturday to live this life out, especially in your relationships. Okay, so this series, my friends, from this day forward, the hope of this entire series is to give you hope, is to give you healing for your relationships. Now, if you're single, it's to give you the tools to prepare you one day if that's your desire is to prepare you for a life-giving marriage. And if that's not a desire, that's okay. These, these principles that I'm giving you today will actually apply throughout your entire life in every relationship that you might have. But if you're in this room today and you are married, I want to give you some principles and the tools to help you have a God-honoring, life-giving marriage. And the question we've been asking through this series is, are great marriages possible? That's the question. Are great marriages, are great relationships possible? And if we're being honest, many of us, we're not quite sure they are. And the reason being is because we've all had bad days. We've all had somebody hurt us. We've all had pain and wounds from relationships and difficulties from difficult people we've done life with. And honestly, when it comes to relationships, you don't even have to scroll too far on social media between Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and MeWe and all these other different social media platforms that are out there to see that we live in a broken world when it comes to this topic 
of love and relationships. So are great relationships possible? Yes, but they're not probable if you're doing things the world's way. But they're absolutely possible if you're doing things God's way. And so that led us to the question last week, which is then what's the difference between the world's way and God's way? And I'm not going to re-preach the message, but I do want to recap this. And that is look at the world's way. When it comes to relationships, the world's way, it's all about trying to find the one. I got to find the one who completes me, who fulfills my needs, my desires, my wants. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. I got to find the one. And then when I find the one, it's all about like falling in a hole. Like you don't know how you got there, but all of a sudden now you got this overwhelming emotion of just what the world would call love. I'm in love. I'm in love. And I just don't care who knows it. And then from there, we end up in Stupidville, which is fixing all our hopes and dreams on that person. In other words, we're saying, hey, you have to fulfill my needs. And if I'm not happy, not my fault, it's your fault because you're supposed to complete me. I'm giving my life into your hands to serve me. And then the stage four of the world's way when it comes to relationships is, guys, when failure occurs, which it will. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. When failure occurs, we're just going to swipe right and repeat steps one, two, and three. Why? Because if that person won't please me, I'll find somebody else who does, and I'll keep this cycle going, and that's the world's way. But God comes along and says, no, don't copy the behaviors of the world. In fact, there's a better way, which is what we talked about last week. It's God's way. It's no longer about trying to find the right person. Now it's all about becoming the right person. And we talked a lot about that last week from a local life-giving church to life-giving friends to making a difference with your life. And then it's not about falling in love. No, no, no. It's about making the choice because love isn't an emotion. Love isn't a feeling. No, love is a choice. And we're going to talk a lot about number two today, which leads to number three, which is God says, no, no, no. The world would say, fix your hopes on them because they're the ones that should fulfill you. And God says, no, 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 no. The only one who is capable of fulfilling all your needs and all your desires is God. So we fix our hope on God and God alone. And that, my friends, is salvation. But there is a step four when it comes to God's way, and that is when failure occurs, because it will from time to time. Why? Because we're human. We live in a broken world, right? We're broken people. So when failure occurs, no, we don't swipe right, keep on moving, find the next person in line. No, 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 no. We walk in forgiveness. We ask God to forgive us. And since God forgives us, then we graciously forgive others. And then we repeat steps one two and three. And so if you missed that message, I want you to go back and listen to it on our podcast, uh, because honestly, it is so pivotal and pivotal and foundational to where we're headed throughout this series, especially today, because today we're talking about love. Everybody say love. Come on, man. Say it like you mean it. Say love. Y'all, it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. And some of the men are like, oh, man, I did. I forgot. Today is Valentine's Day. Hey, fellas, if that's you, just keep a cool, straight face. Tell your wife you need to go get some gas. And while you're at Fred Meyer getting gas down the street, pick up a teddy bear, pick up some chocolate, pick up some candy. You better get something, all right? But get something and give it to your girl because it is Valentine's Day. And let me just tell you this. I've been married 15 years this April, and uh, I'll never forget in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you can put your hands together for my wife. She deserves it. Um, and I say that. Because in year one or year two, I can't remember when it was, uh, you know, I was very naive. And, uh, and I'll never forget one year, uh, still am a little bit, don't laugh too hard, okay? 
And this is what happened. My wife said, hey, let's not do anything for Valentine's Day this year. And I believed her, everybody. <laughs> if your wife or girlfriend or whatever says, oh, don't do anything for Valentine's Day, don't believe her. She's lying. Um, and so like, I went to work, came home, did my thing, came in, and I'm like, there's candy, there's a card, there's a cupcake, there's all this fun stuff for me. And I'm like, girl, you said we weren't doing nothing. I thought we were like ballers on a budget. We weren't buying nothing. And she's like, I know, but I just couldn't help it. I mean, I know we said it, but like, so I'm saying, hey, guys, guys, go get something, okay? Just do something. Even if it's just a quick text, it's like, happy Valentine's, girl. I love you. So quick disclaimer, though, Valentine's Day, I get it. Not everybody. It's not their jam. It's not their flow. And I get that. There were seasons in my life where it wasn't my thing. In fact, there were seasons in my life where I was giving myself Valentine's. You know, it's like, hey, Rhett, will you be mine? Of course I'll be yours. All right, we're doing life together, right? Single. And it's cool. And so if that's you today, I just want you to know we love you. We're for you. And wherever you are on this journey of love or relationships. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I believe that you'll get something out of this message that you can apply to any area of your life. So everybody say love. Love. Guys, when it comes to love, we live in a broken world that just doesn't quite understand this word love. It's they're broken. They're confused on it. In fact, they interchange the word love and lust, love and convenience or love and compromise. And oftentimes you have a definition. I have a definition. All of us seem to have polar opposite definitions of love. And we're asking ourselves, what is love? And especially what is love? Well, like it's if what is love in a broken world? What does that even look like? And the short answer to the point is we got to look to God. We got to look to God. Why? Because God is love. God is the origin of love. He is the creator of love. It's not something manu- manufactured by Hallmark. No, 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 no. And it wasn't manufactured by Disney. No, love. God created love. So if God created love, then don't you think we should look to him for the definition of what love is and how it should work and be applied in our lives? I think so. So what does God's love look like? Let's take a look. John 3, 6 probably the most famous verse of all scripture. It says, for God so loved, therefore he did something. What did he do? He gave. In other words, God doesn't just tell us he loves us. I love this. God shows us he loves us. How did he show it? Look at the rest of the verse. He gave his one and only son. Why? That whoever believes in him, whoever chooses to have a relationship with, with him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now I could say amen right there, sing our last song, take up the offering and be dismissed. That is a powerful life changing. Aren't you thankful for God's love this way? Amen, everybody. I just need you to understand today. Love isn't just a word we flippantly say. Love is not just a word we put on a Valentine's day card. Love is a verb. Love is an action and love is expressed in action. So today, what I want to do, I want to do two things, two things. Front end of this message, I'm going to show you what God's love is. And on the back end of this message, I want to give you some practical ways on how you can apply it, how you can live it out in your life. So what does God's love look like? What is it? If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, God's love is unconditional. Everybody say unconditional. What does that mean? It means it's not subject to any condition. In other words, God doesn't require anything in exchange for his love for you. 
God doesn't love you based on what you can do for him. God loves you based on who he is. It's his character. It's his nature. He is love. His love is not limited. His love will never abandon you in any way. It is complete. It is perfection. It is absolute. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His love never fails. It's unconditional. God's love is not only unconditional, though. Number two, love this. God's love is sacrificial. Sacrificial. What does that mean? It means that God's love cost him something. Not only did it cost him something, it cost him the most valuable something, which was his one and only son, Jesus. So he was demonstrating to us that, hey, I'm going all in on this commitment to you out of love. I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my son so we can be in relationship. I'm sacrificing everything to serve you and to love you. It's this all in commitment kind of love. So God's love is not only unconditional. It's not only sacrificial. Number three, write this down. God's love is personable. It's personable. In other words, it's not some just great idea. It's not just some philosophy of love. It's not just some ideology or systems. No, no, no. God's love was made manifest. God's love was made clear through who? Through the person, the person of Jesus Christ, who is fully God, yet fully man. Well, why did he come? He came to reveal the love of God, the Father, to humanity, to you and I. What does this mean? It means that God's love is personal. It means that you can know and experience God's love in a personal way in your own life. It's not just a thought. It's not just an understanding. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. It's an experience that God wants to have with you one on one. Talking about what God's love is. Number four, God's love is it's acceptable. God's love is acceptable. In other words, God receives you. He receives you. He receives me. And that's difficult for some because there's some people in this room today or maybe even listening online this morning where you're saying, you know what? (laughs) You don't know what I've done. You don't know the pain that I've caused others. You don't know the pain I've caused myself. Like when it comes to relationships, I'm broken. I'm love broken. I'm unlovable. I've had failed marriage after failed marriage. I can't love or I can't even be loved. No one will accept me, especially God. And if that's you today, I need you to hear this word from God today. God loves you. You, my friend, are a son and daughter of God, the creator of the heaven and earth. He created you in his image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece created in the hands of God, designed, handcrafted by God on purpose for a purpose. What's that purpose? Your purpose was to be loved by God and to be in a relationship with him. Romans 5, 8 won't be on the screen, but it says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, what did Christ do? He died for us. So if you're here today, you're listening online, if you feel unlovable, I need you to remember something. Christ died for you. Why? Because he values you. You are valuable to God. You have worth. You are acceptable to God, not because of anything that you could ever do, but because of what he's done for you, because of who he is and what he's provided through his one and only son, Christ Jesus. Somebody needs to hear that today. God loves you. You have worth and you are valuable and you are acceptable. His love 
is acceptable. So his love is not only unconditional. His love is not only sacrificial. It's not only personal or acceptable. I like this one. God's love is accessible. God's love is accessible. In other words, it's not just for the limited few, not just for those with a a spiritual background. It's not just for those of a certain skin color. It's not just for the few, the strong, the proud, the pastors. No, 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 no. God's love is accessible to all who believe. John 3, 16, we just read it. For God so loved the world, every tribe, every tongue, every nation. God so loved the world that all who believe, all who believe. You know, I looked up the word all in the Greek. You know what it means? It means all. It's accessible to every single one of us. So how does God show his love? Well, we just read it in John 3, 16, but... Let's look at what 1 John 4, 9 through 11, 19 tells us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that what? We might live through him. And this is, go to the next verse one, God. This is love. Not that we love God. No, no, it has nothing to do with what we can do for God. No, but that he loved us unconditionally, sacrificially, personally, and sent his son into our lives as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So what's our response to this incredible love of God? What's our response? Well, dear friends, look at the rest of the verse. Dear friends, this is our response. Since God so loved us, don't miss this. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Why? Because he first loved us. Can I just make this statement? It's real easy to love people who love people, isn't it? Like, it's easy to love somebody who's kind, who's caring, who's encouraging, who's like, what's up, man? Come on, high five. Yeah, the world's good. It's easy to love those kind of people, isn't it? But can I just be honest? It's really hard to love people who don't love people. Let's be real. It's hard to love people who aren't kind. It's hard to love people who aren't encouraging. It's hard to love negative people. Y'all, don't leave me alone up here on this island, okay? It's hard. It's hard to love difficult people. And the reality is, every single one of us in this room, we all have a family member or someone in our life who is a difficult person. And if you don't have a difficult person in your life, my friend, chances are you are that difficult person. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Just want to love you and encourage you. (laughs) My wife and I used to go to this church in Dallas, Fort Worth. I used to live there years ago and loved the church. Great church. Had a great time. God did a lot through it. But I mean, it wasn't a perfect church because there is no perfect church. There are no perfect people. There's this one girl who we could not stand. Now, we loved her from a distance, but we could not stand her. Like we we like, hey, sister, love you. All right. Yeah. God bless you. Right. Um. And the reality is, every time we were around her, she was negative, so negative. And I'm like, I don't like it sucks the life out of you. So if you're negative, we're not going to be friends. I will love you and be your friend from a distance, but I don't have time to be pulled down into your negativity. So my wife and I were just young and newly married. And then we got a baby and Max is like, I think three to six months old, somewhere around those lines. And, um, and so we take him to church, and this was probably one of the first times we've taken him to church, because you know you're showing your baby off to the world, right? And so, so we were pretty excited about that. But here comes, you know, old Miss Negative Nancy. That's not her name, but let's call her that. 
She comes in. I know you can't see this on, you know, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, but y'all watch my face. So we're, you know, we're willing our son or whatever that little thing is called. I forget. It's been so forever. And we're walking in. We're smiling. Here she comes. And then she's smiling like, oh, and I look over at Linda. We look at each other like, oh, God, here we go. No telling what she's going to say. Right. And then she looks down at Max. She's like, he's huge. And I'm like, get thee behind me, Satan. Now, I didn't say that, but I thought that. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I was like, girl, like it was like, what do you do with that? I know my son is huge. He was like the Michelin man on steroids. I feel sorry for the dude. He got it because that was me, man. I mean, you look at a baby picture of me. I was huge. And so as a parent, I was kind of learning how to, you know, love people through the fact that my baby was like this massive and he was only three months old. But like, just because he's huge, I don't need you to tell me he's huge. I know he's huge. Nothing wrong. He was a healthy baby. But I don't need you being like, getting all up in my business and being like that. I mean, come on. It's hard to love people like that, isn't it? I mean, these people exist in our world. They exist in our family. They'll just tell us what they think, and we don't really care what they think, but they're going to tell us anyway, right? So how in the world am I supposed to love somebody like that? How am I supposed to love a difficult person? Like, what is the secret? You ready for it? The secret of love is being loved by God. The secret of love is being loved by God. Guys, ladies, the only way that we'll ever have the capacity to love is if we are experiencing God's love ourselves. We love because he first loved us. We cannot give what we have not received. You can't love God's way if you're not experiencing God's love. Many times we read the Bible, even as Christians, and we're like, man, this is tough. This is hard. And can I just be honest with you? The Bible is tough. The Bible is hard. Like, it's impossible to love your neighbor as yourself. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, if you're trying to approach God out of religion and not out of relationship, and it's going to be a, now I got to do this, not I want to do this. If you're not experiencing his love, there is no way you will ever be able to live out anything in this word because it's hard. It's difficult. It's absolutely impossible, but I need you to understand something. God did not call you to live out his word through your own strength. He called you to live it through his son's strength. That's why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I know you've heard this verse. It's like on every gym around the world. I can do all things through who? Through me? No, through you. No, through who? Through Christ. It's through Jesus Christ and him alone. Because I can't love a difficult person. I can't love a difficult family member. I can't love somebody who's hurt me, who's wounded me, who's caused me a bad day or financial ruin. I can't love the unlovable in and through myself. I can only love people through Christ. Why? Because he gives me strength. You? No. Them? No. He, Christ, gives me the power to live out this love relationship. My friends, you need to understand something. God will never ask you to do something without giving you the power to do it. God will never ask you to do anything in this world, in this life, without giving you the power and the ability with his strength to do it. So we'll read a verse like this. Look at Luke chapter 6, 27 through 28, because this is difficult. Love your enemies. Love what? My enemies? Are you kidding me? Love my enemies? Do good to those who hate you. Huh? Wait a minute. Uh-uh. No. Bless those who... 
curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Guys, this is impossible. This is absolutely impossible in your own strength. You cannot do it. But it's absolutely possible with Christ and through Christ. Because you can't love your enemies if you're not experiencing love. You can't do good to those who mistreat you if you're not experiencing the goodness of God yourself. You'll never be able to bless those who curse you unless you're experiencing the blessing of God in and through your life, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It will not happen unless you're experiencing God's love, God's goodness, and God's blessing. And that's why I want to say it again. Big idea of today is that the secret of love is being loved by God. Everybody say love. 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 I love the way John says in 1 John 4, 16. Look at this. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love. In other words, as followers of Christ, we come into a relationship with God and we trust. We trust in the love he has for us. Why? Because God is love. Now check this out. Look at the rest of the verse. Those who are living in love through Christ are living in God. And don't miss this. This is so powerful. God lives through you. If you're in a relationship with God, God lives through you. What does that mean? It means God gives you the power to live out this kind of love. God gives you the power and the strength to live it out. So what does it look like? How do we do it? That's a great question. But before I close and give you the practical, I got to give you just like one more verse. In fact, it's like the Mount Everest of verses when it comes to love throughout the Bible. You cannot preach a, a message on love or even on Valentine's Day without mentioning this verse. Let's take a look at it. What is it? It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. We see a beautiful, beautiful description of God's love and how it's supposed to resonate in our hearts to others. It says, love is it's patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. Love does not dishonor others. Love doesn't seek out self. It's not self-seeking. No, no, no. It's not easily angered. And love keeps no record of wrong. Don't elbow your spouse right now. I'm not looking, okay? Really, God, keep no record of wrong. Because I got a list. I got a list. I've got a list like this long of people who have hurt me. People who have said one thing and done another. People who have walked out on me. People who have trampled on me. I've had people. And the majority of this list, you guys, are Christians. And men and women of God who are pastors. That's my list. I got a list just like you got a list. And God, you're telling me that I'm not supposed to keep a record of wrong? <sighs> okay. How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> Y'all, when I read the Bible, this is how it is. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, you really say this? <laughs> Love does not delight in evil. No. But it rejoices with the truth. It always, I love this word, always, always, never fails. Love always protects. It's always got your back. It always trusts. It always hopes. 
It always perseveres. In other words, it keeps moving forward under intense pressure. Love, it never fails. My love will fail. Your love will fail. But God's love will never fail. Come on, somebody. That's a great place to say amen. God's love never fails. This is the kind of love you can experience. So what do we do? Let's bring you back to 1 John 4.11 before I give you the practical. My dear friends, dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, if he's given us access to unconditional, sacrificial, personable, and accessible, unfailing love, then we certainly ought to love each other this way. In fact, 1 John 3.18, dear children, hey, One Life Church, let's just not say we love each other. In time out, he's not saying not to say you love each other. No, he's saying continue to say it, but let that not be the only thing we do. Say it and show it. Look at this. Show the truth. By what? By our actions. In other words, it's time to walk it out. It's time to walk it out. So how do we do that? I want to give you five ways. Very practical. Giving you some practical teaching this morning that will change your life if you'll apply it. If you get it out of here, get it in here, it will come out in your life and you'll experience a blessed life in every relationship and your marriage. I promise you. So the first one, you ready for it? God's way. First one, say it. Everybody say, say it. Say it. The three most powerful words on the planet are I love you. Powerful words, not a love that abandons. Not a love that abuses. No, a love that says, I've got your back. I'm in this thing. I'm giving my life for you. This love. You know, it's amazing to me the positive effect that these three words have on a relationship when they're present in a relationship. But it's also amazing to me that when these words are absent, the destructive effect that it has on a relationship. So we're going to practice it this morning, okay? Everybody say, I love you. you. Come on, I love you too. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Come on, say, I love you. you. Husbands, say it to your wives. Wives, say it to your husbands. Family, say it to each other. And bros, if you're saying it to your brother, bro it up a lot. (laughs) Don't be saying, I love you. No, no, no. What's up? Love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like fist bump, (laughs) head nod, 10 feet distance. counseled a couple one time. The wife said, the wife said, he never tells me he loves me. And the husband looked at her and said, woman, I told you once. I said, bro, you're going to have to say it a lot more than one time. You have to say it and say it and say it and say it over and over. It's like putting money in a savings account. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just setting it aside for future. Because you know, at one point it's going to rain and you're going to need to pull a withdrawal out and you're going to need some left over. You know what I'm saying? Come on, every married person in this room. I love you. I'm going to say, I love you. I love you. Three powerful words. Here's a second. And I'm only going to say it, but we're going to write it. Write it. You guys, it's amazing how powerful these three words are when you read it. Absolutely amazing. The words, I love you in writing. Now I get not everybody's a card person. Nor do you have to be. But I'm going to throw my man card out there for a second, okay? I don't care. I like receiving cards that are handwritten on it. Something for me, man. I've kept every single card that was ever encouraging, inspiring, uplifting. K-Love. Right? No, I'm just kidding. 
Anything that's inspiring, encouraging, uplifting, something that said, hey, Red, I was thinking about you, love you, man. Like, I keep that stuff. Why? Because it's a powerful, how long that stuff can last. Like, if I'm going through a bad day, guess what? I'm going through my cards, man. There are people who love me. Thank you, Jesus. Cards. So you're like, well, I'm not a card person. Well, you got a phone? You like to text? Text, man. Text. I love you. I sent my wife. And I love you this morning. You know what it said? Something to the effect of good morning, baby. Happy Valentine's to the most hottest woman of God in the world, man. I was like, I love you. Kissy face, kissy face, kissy face. Emoji, emoji, heart emoji, emoji, emoji. I emoji that baby up. And I'm just saying, some of you, don't be scared, but get ready. Pull out the emojis and tell somebody, kissy face, kissy face, heart, heart, heart. I love you. Again, if you're blowing it up, don't send a kissy face or a heart to your brother. You send a fist bump, fist bump, fist bump, little hang loose, strength face with sunglasses and a smiley face. What's up? Thinking about you, bro. Hope you're having a great day. Love you. Say it. Write it. Number three, give it. Give it. Say it, write it, give it. Give it. Hey, guys, it doesn't have to be extravagant. That's hard for guys, by the way. I'm kind of like, if I'm going to get something, it's going to cost a lot of money. Right, But some of the most meaningful gifts that I've ever received didn't cost very much at all. Meaningful gifts aren't expensive. They're meaningful. What does a gift say? A gift says, I love you. A gift says, you are valuable to me. A gift says, I took time out of my busy schedule to pull off the road to go in that store, which I can't stand, to get you something that I know you love. Don't know why you love it, but I got it for you. Why? Because you are important to me. That's what a gift does. Now, I get it. Not everybody in this room likes to give gifts or receive gifts. Um, I didn't want to put this one on the screen because it'd be a little weird, so I'd rather explain it to you. I'm not the kind of guy that likes, like, you give me a gift. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate it. But in a marriage setting, talking to married folks this morning, here's the gift that keeps on giving in my life. Touch me, tell me you love me, and touch me some more. Can I get a better amen from somebody? Now you're like, I'm glad I came to church. It's starting to get good now. That is my love language. That's how I like to give and receive love. Linda likes gifts. She likes acts of service. But whatever it is, just give it. And you know why I didn't put touch me and tell me you love me and touch me again on the screen. That's just better to explain in person. You would not text that to anybody either, okay? Unless you are married and double, triple, quadruple check the person you're sending that to to make sure that is going to your significant other if you are. Anyhow, I digress. Say it. Write it. Give it. Number four, forgive it. Forgive it. I talked about forgiveness last week. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about it. And in fact, I didn't really even want to mention it today, but the Lord would not let me get away from it. Forgiveness is important. And I just think it's important for you to understand that we are never more like Jesus than when we forgive others. We're never more like him and his love. Well, Pastor Red, I don't forgive easy. Like, this is hard. Guess what, man? Join the ranks. It's hard for me too. I get it. It's hard to forgive difficult people. But we love, why? Because he first loved us. And we forgive, why? Well, because we've also been forgven of a lot. I've been forgiven 
of a lot. I'm not saying it's easy, but it does make it easier to know that we have been forgiven. So say it, write it, give it, forgive it. Here's number five. Live it. Live it. Super simple, super practical. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, <laughs> the greatest is love. Everybody say love. Love. So here's my prayer. I'm just being real today. God, help me to love people who are really difficult to love. God, help me to love that person at the drive-thru who wants their biscuit like five seconds before me and they cut me off from the two-lane drive-thru to the one. God, help me to forgive the person at the traffic circle that just arrived here from Europe. I don't know why, but... Where there's a merging lane and a yield sign, and they don't know how to yield to the oncoming traffic in the double lane to turn out. Forgive me. Y'all can see that I'm confessing my sins. I've got issues. And they all tend to arise when I'm driving for some reason. <laughs> but obviously, those are lighthearted, but there are heavier ones. And I'm like, God, help me to love the difficult person in my life that just won't leave me alone, that is really trying to drive a wedge between me and another person. Help me to love the difficult, the awkward, the hurting, the broken. Help me to love my kids. Help me to love my kids when it just, I'm tired, I'm worn out, and it's been a busy day, and I've come home, and all I want to do is just kind of to rest and try to take care of me, but all they want is my time, but yet I'm just exhausted, and they're just annoying the fire out of me. Help me, God, to love through these moments as I'm experiencing your love. Why? Why is this important? Here it is. Because, guys, it's, it's later than you think. Time is short. It's later than you think. I love this quote from William Shakespeare. Look at this. Better three hours too soon than a minute too late. Think about that for a second. Some of you are like, well, I don't like Shakespeare. I get it. Well, if Shakespeare is in your, in your flow, how about some Dr. Seuss? Y'all like Dr. Seuss? That's kind of more my level. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Guys, I need you to understand something today. Everyone you meet, every single person you meet is fighting a battle that you are unaware of. Many of you know my story. At seven years old, I lost my mom to suicide. My mom was fighting a battle that no one knew about. And what I would do to get another moment back before she made the decision. What I would do, what would you do, Red? I would tell her, I love you. And not only do I love you, but God loves you. Why? Because he died for you. Why? Because you're valuable. You have worth. God loves you unconditionally. God loves you sacrificially. God loves you personally. Families, hear me. Don't put off to tomorrow what you need to do today. Why? Because you'll never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. Don't let your moments become a memory. Say it. Write it. Give it. Forgive it. 
live it. Loving God and loving others. You bow your head and close your eyes. Somebody else looking around in this moment. The secret of love is being loved by God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you, for me, so that if you would just simply believe in him, you could begin to experience eternal life, not just life after this life, but experience a full, healthy, whole life in all your relationships here. God loves you. Hey, guys, it's not too late. It's not too late to come to a place where you start to begin to say, God, I just want to experience your love. It's called a relationship with God. We call it salvation. What is salvation? It's a moment where you just say, God, I surrender my life to you. I just want to experience your love. That's what it is. Some of you have come to that place before in your life, but you've walked away. Some of you have never made that decision, but it would be my honor today to lead you in a prayer of that decision of experiencing God's love. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I promise you, I will not embarrass you in any way in this room. But if you're here today, you're like, you know what, Rhett? This message is a word from God for me today. It's time for me to come back or to come into a relationship with God. So if that's you today, can I encourage you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. Can I encourage you, if that's you, to be so bold to raise your hand right now all across this room. If that's you, I just want to come back into a relationship with God and experience his love. Or I want to give my life to experience his love today. Thank you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Come on, everybody say a prayer like this. Just say, God today, I say yes to your love. I say yes to your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for my sin. Forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. Today, I put my hope, my trust, my faith in you. You are my Lord. I give you my life. I give you everything. Now pray this. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you today. Will you empower me to make a difference in my life and in my family? In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, listen, hang with me just for a second. If you said that prayer today, congratulations, man. That is the most significant, life-changing decision of your entire life. But it's the first step in your relationship with God. This is what we would like to do. If I could draw your attention to the worship guide that's in your chair and draw your attention to the connection card in that worship guide. This is why that card's so important. Because if you'll take a moment and you'll fill out whatever information you're comfortable with and you'll let us know you made that decision, here's what will happen. I'm not gonna call you. I'm not gonna show up at your house. Have a hassle-free guarantee here. All I would simply like to do is send you one email personally that says, thank you for being here. Congratulations on your decision. And here are a few next steps that we can offer you. One of them being small groups, which are so important to do life with others. And so you'll have an opportunity to drop that card in a container at the end of the service. After we sing a song, when we dismiss, there will be ushers standing there with a container at the door. Also, you'll notice on the bottom of that connection card, a lot of you have been filling out prayer requests. And I'm going to say thank you for that, because it's honestly the greatest joy in our life to pray the promise of God 
over your life and over your family. It's perforated on the bottom of that connection card for a reason. That way it's separated from your private information. So you could take that, fill that out. I would encourage you to do that, pull that away. And as you dismiss today, drop your prayer request in the container and it would be our joy to pray God's promise. Hey guys, we had some decisions for Jesus today throughout our services. Can we throw our hands together and celebrate with those who just made a decision? Amen.